Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. It's Wednesday, which means you are listening to the second episode of this week's Simon Miller Pro Wrestling Podcast and YouTube friends. We're finally back on the camera today after the camera just stopped working yesterday, but let's not get into that. Long, long story. Internet went down, cameras went down, threw everything into disarray, but luckily we made it back to the top of the mountain and that is all you can do. So obviously Raw didn't go up on YouTube yesterday just because by the time I'd sorted everything... Well, look, two things happened yesterday with the Raw episode. A, when I put it up on SoundCloud which obviously then links to iTunes and all that. I forgot to take it out of private and put it public because I was just my head was all over the place yesterday. So that went up about, about half 11 last night. Actually, it was done about three. Um, so go, please go listen to that, you know, on the iTunes and all that kind of nonsense. Uh, but it didn't go up, but you can still go listen to it audio-wise. But we start again today, you know, because when all said and done, I thought I might as well just focus on this one instead, where we are going to talk about everything that happened on SmackDown. I don't think anything else has happened in the pro wrestling world overnight that I've missed. I mean, I like to try and keep a, you know keep up on those kind of things. I think in the last 24 hours, I just smacked down. We talked Chris Jericho in New Japan yesterday. We talked John Cena versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 34 yesterday. They're kind of the big... Well, I don't, I don't think... We, maybe, I think we mentioned Stone Cold Steve Austin going to be on the 25th anniversary of Raw show, which is exciting. Now, he's not going to get involved in a program or anything because he's, he's clearly long past that. But I still think... I think I did say this yesterday. I still think it's pretty damn exciting to see Stone Cold Steve Austin... Back on Monday Night Raw. I think that's pretty cool, especially because he's one of the best. And who else? They did, they did announce more on SmackDown. Now, I can't remember the names. Ted DiBiase was in there. I think Brother Love popped up. Bruce Pritchard's going to be back. There were some others as well. There's, there's going to be quite a lot of people, right? But I would say the biggest ones, at least from a promotional point of view, are The Undertaker, because you don't know what's going to happen with him. Shawn Michaels, even though it's DX Shawn Michaels, so I'm sure he'll just muck around. And Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't think they tie into any programs other than maybe The Undertaker, but I do think it was cool. So SmackDown. Obviously, SmackDown's doing really well in the ratings at the moment. It keeps going up, whereas I believe the Raw rating I saw earlier, it had gone down, but it had, it's like 2.6 or something, but it had some competition against college football. I don't know a lot about college football. I know it's popular. I know some of the teams and all of that, but I don't know. It certainly seemed like it was a game that would have taken some people away. Whereas SmackDown for the last few weeks, obviously we don't have this number yet, has continued to go up and up and up. And I really do think it's because of the SmackDown storyline between Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. And that continued on here. I mean, maybe not as poignantly as it has done in recent weeks. It was a little bit more subdued, a little bit more, you know, just ticking the boxes. But a lot still did happen. You know, AJ Styles came out and mentioned how he doesn't really trust Daniel Bryan and he can't really figure out why he put them in this, uh, this handicap match to the Royal Rumble for the WWE title. And obviously... That they also announced that match is going to be tag in, tag out. So Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn can't be in the ring at the same time. This brought Sir Shane McMahon out, as I read my notes here, who made a handicap match for this evening, whereas Owens and Zayn were going to be the handicap people in the sense that they were going to go against Nakamura, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton. And that was cool. And basically, the whole kind of vibe of this segment was what's Daniel Bryan up to? I mean, there was a backstage segment when Shane and Daniel Bryan, I thought, given that it's been a bit more loose over the last few weeks, basically went nuts at each other. They did sort it all out. They did agree to disagree. Um, but yeah, I mean, the tension con continues to build. And, you know, Shane McMahon couldn't figure out why Daniel Bryan would have booked the match at the Rumble, whereas Daniel Bryan was a lot more 
even-handed, let's say, about the match that Shane McMahon had booked. Again, the only problem I have with this, and I'm really nitpicking and pulling at straws, is it's so it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. It's just, Shane McMahon, you're in charge. <laughs> you're the commissioner. You could overrule the general manager, but it's wrestling. So let's let's not worry about that uh, uh, too much. This obviously tie into the, the main event, which was basically Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn didn't want to have anything to do with it. So they thought, we're going to get counted out. So they got counted out, but then Shane McMahon came out and said, oh, it's no, it's no count now. So then Kevin Owens was like, okay, I'm going to smack, I think it was Randy Orton or someone, with a chair. So he did that. Shane McMahon returned and went, oh, okay, it's no DQ. So, you know, you understand what's happening here. Shane McMahon is screwing the, the bad guys, or is he? Is it a ruse? Ally the Rock at Survivor Series 1998. Obviously, the babyfaces took advantage of all these rules, kicked the crap out of Sami Zayn, Got a Kinshasa in the face from Nakamura for the win. And the three guys win. And it was fine. You know, it, it, it progresses everything, I think, to the point that it needed to. But the coolest bit for me was the backstage segment between Styles Orton and Nakamura. Where AJ Styles was like, look, Randy, go out there and do your RKOs. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. But don't forget, I'm winning the Rumble. And I'm coming after your title. And then Nakamura came in. And he flicked AJ Styles' title. And he said, you know, I can't what he said now. Something like... He made, he made reference to the fact that it, he was, he was going to win the Rumble and, and do all this kind of stuff. And the cool thing with that is, is it's long been rumoured that it will be uh, AJ Styles and Nakamura for the WWE title or not, I don't know, at WrestleMania 34. And I think that's a match that a lot of people like you and I, or smart fans, want to see. But maybe it's not one that WWE feels confident booking. So if they feel like they've got to put Randy Orton into that match, I'm perfectly all right with that. I'm perfectly all right with it being Orton versus Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the WWE title. That's an incredible WrestleMania match, especially, and we're speculating here, if you're going to have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Okay, there's, uh, there's negativity to that, but it will still be all right. Let's say we do get The Undertaker versus John Cena, and then you get that match. I think that's, that's pretty good to me. And then imagine the Ronda Rousey versus Oscar or Charlotte match happens as well. That's a good WrestleMania card, in theory. We never know how these things are going to go. But that was my biggest takeaway from SmackDown, was that it's certainly... And it could be nothing, right? It could just be a tease for the sake that it's fun to tease. Not the Daniel Bryan stuff. That's definitely headed somewhere, and I think we'll get the culmination of that at the Royal Rumble. Because I think from the Royal Rumble, then we need to start building into whatever we're doing at WrestleMania. Is that Daniel Bryan versus Shane McMahon? I'm still doubtful because of everything we know. But right now, it could be anything. I don't really know how Owens and... I think my worry now is if you've got this triple threat match between Owens, Zane, uh, sorry, between Styles, Orton, and Nakamura that's planned for WrestleMania, again, making all this up. Let's say that Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan is a match, again, making all this up. That does mean that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens potentially are going to fall out of the Royal Rumble because they both want to be WWE champ. I thought it's quite good. Here tonight, they said they're going to be the first ever co-WWE champ. I thought, that's quite a good idea. I'd like that. But then they could have their fight at WrestleMania, which actually wouldn't be so bad in the sense that I would like to see those two have a big match on the biggest stage, as they say. But at the same time, we have seen that so much, and I like them so much together, I think that may be a shame. However, if you do look at it in terms of blocks and structuring and what works and what doesn't work, it's quite a good WrestleMania card. So we'll have to wait and see. The real... Shame after this was that we then got Becky Lynch versus Ruby Riot, and WWE literally copy and pasted what they'd done on Raw 24 hours earlier. It was ridiculous. Becky Lynch made Ruby Riot tap out with a submission, much like Absolution had lost to uh, Sasha and uh, Bailey on Raw, who also made one of them tap out. I think it was, um, what's her name? Mandy Rose. I, I swear it came after the first segment as well. I can't remember now because obviously life just rockets past so fast. But this felt so much like a copy and paste. It was almost, well, A, it's exactly the same problem I had on Raw in the sense of absolution with this dominant group. Now they just feel like they exist. And here, the Riot Squad feel exactly the same. I just didn't get it. 
I did not get it at all. And there was some teasing with Charlotte and Natalia and all these other people. But we all know how I feel about big schmozzes when it comes to the women. But I, I just, and we'll tie that into, we'll jump around here. But we'll tie that into the, you know, it was Rusev and Aiden English versus Brizango of all people. And Brizango won. Guess how they won? Surprise roll up on uh, Rusev by Fandango, which was exactly the same as Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews winning on Raw 24 hours earlier when Titus Surprise rolled up Sheamus. I thought they were meant to be different shows. A, given the momentum Rusev has right now, he shouldn't be losing to anybody. We should be running this cash cow all the way to the stars. But B, it's just too similar. It was too, too similar to Raw, and it genuinely just it upset me. It upset me greatly. Mostly because this is finally where Rusev... It feels like all the momentum, momentum's the wrong word, but it feels like finally this whole Rusev Day thing has finally, you know, brought him to the dance. And now, poof, this. Very strange. Very, very strange indeed. I don't know what the point of this was. I don't know why all of a sudden Brizango winning matches. I don't mind it. I didn't mind it when Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil won. I thought it was a bit strange, but maybe they're going somewhere with it. But yeah, I mean, truly, truly bizarre. But um, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe there's a plan here. And look, Aiden English also did sing a very a very funny song about the Rusev Rumble and that Rusev will win it on Rusev Day. That 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 made me that made me very happy <laughs> because of course it did. Uh you know, talking about the tag team scene as well and you know Breezango, the reason that uh Breezango weren't ringside um for the, the match between the Ascension and the Bludgeon Brothers, which also happened here, was because they had a match with Rusev in English later on. They made that clear. But you already know what happened here. The Bludgeon Brothers whipped the Ascension's ass. It, I mean, I think it was over about 58 seconds or something. And it was okay. I mean, it's good that Connor and Victor are back on TV to some extent. The Bludgeon Brothers are the big team that WWE are pushing, so you may as well have them beat the Ascension, right? I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's not like it makes any difference to the Ascension given where they're booked in the card, where they have been booked. So... Yeah, it was, uh, I, I mean, I, where do the Bludgeon Brothers go now? I mean, we'll keep going through the tag team stuff. Um, Benjamin and Gable came out later on and said how annoyed they were about seven days ago being screwed out of the titles, which they technically were, let's be fair. That did, that did kind of happen to so Daniel Bryan came out, and he made a three out of two out of three falls match for the Royal Rumble between the Usos and Gable and, and Benjamin. Gable and Benjamin, actually, I thought were very good here as heels. I think they come across like cocky, arrogant, we're athletic dudes, we can do whatever we want. I also think that match is going to be very good. And I would imagine coming out of that, we can then build it. I imagine the Usos will win. I don't think... Yeah, I just think the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers makes more sense than Gable and Benjamin. So I imagine the Usos win that. And then coming out of it, we can build uh, uh, the Bludgeon Brothers finally getting their big, their big tag team title push. And they'll probably win, to be honest. And where we go from there, I don't know. I guess you could work with the New Day for a bit. Hopefully Aiden English and Rusev won't suffer too much. It was fine. I mean, it is what it is. I think the tag team division on both shows is okay. There's just a few little tinks, tinks, a few little things we need to tinker with. But we, 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 can wait, we can wait and see. We then got the US title tournament match between Zack Ryder, who had Zack down live on his pants. If you want my reaction to that, go watch my ups and downs from What Culture today for that. It's just Zack down live. Pun first, work backwards. He took on Mojo Rawley. The crowd didn't care, which I can't blame them really because <laughs> it's not like they pushed these two in the right way. Mojo punched him in the face, got the one, two, three. It's going to be Bobby Roode versus Mojo Rawley in the next round. Bobby Roode watching from ringside, so he came in and just stared at you know, Mojo Rawley for a bit. The US title tournament doesn't feel that exciting to me. I can't think what the brackets are now. I mean, Xavier Woods has gone through. 
Jinder Mahal has gone through. And it's these two as well. So it's Mojo Rawley and Bobby Roode. So I do know. So I imagine the final is going to be Jinder versus Bobby Roode would be my guest. Uh, Jinder had a promo after this. And I said this on my ups and downs for SmackDown. But I'll repeat it here because I think it's worth saying again. Jinder Mahal said the reason he was able to win WWE World Championship gold is through positivity and the fact he believed in himself. And that's why he's going to win the US title. If you have that believability and you believe in yourself, why wouldn't you go after the big belt again? The good thing about all of this is that Jinder Mahal feels far more comfortable and far more in his right element in the US title scene, which means everything that he did in 2017 actually helps him because, yeah, it's kind of uh, cemented his position here on the cards. So that actually does work. I actually think he'll win the US title, and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world because, again, then I think we're using all the momentum we did in 2017 kind of works in 2018 as much as we may not have liked that title reign. Other good thing is that we know he's not going to go back into the world title scene anytime soon. Or if he is, hopefully he does because WWE can make him work here. And then we work that way, the way that it should, it should, have, been done, uh, should have been done in the first place. I mean, that was pretty much SmackDown, I've just realized, which is ridiculous. Isn't it amazing how much less happens on a two-hour show compared to a three-hour show? I mean, we barely started. And I've somehow managed to smash through that... That really quickly. I mean, there was some more bits with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon where they were thinking the other person was unstable and loony and crazy and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And it helped, you know, it helped the story and all of that. Um, but overall, a decent episode of SmackDown. So I think what we'll do is you're going to see this episode and think, well, this is incredibly short, but I want to do a SmackDown review. If I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop this, I'm going to upload it, and then I'm going to do the Q&A. Again, you can ask all your questions on the Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash... Uh, Simon Miller. No, no, no. Just, just search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast on the Facebook. Sorry, my phone lit up at the same time. Um, and you can ask your questions there. I will do that episode today and I'll upload that later. And then together you'll have like a B. You can jump from this one to the next one. But I want to keep the SmackDown thing in its own little bubble. That's why it's short. Uh, however, while we are here, please do come follow me on Twitter at SimonMiller316. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash The Miller Report Rules. If you could throw a dollar into the patreon.com forward slash Simon316 hat, that would be wonderful because it allows me to not have to look for other work and be able to focus more on this. That's the whole point. One day I don't want it to go tits up, as they say, and have to stop doing it. Um, and if you are on iTunes, leave us five star, leave us a rating, go share us on social media, say, hey, come look at all these podcasts Simon is doing. And like I say, later on, look for the Q&A episode. I put that up this evening so you can have a nice big chunk of Simon Miller Pro Wrestling Podcasting and you don't feel shortchanged. Again, sorry I put the roar up so late yesterday. I got in, I looked at Apple and thought, why has no one listened to this? And then saw that big private sign went, Simon, you didn't put it public. I'm an idiot. But I am an idiot, but hopefully that's part of my charm. I can't believe we smashed through SmackDown so quickly. Maybe that kind of goes to underline that we are treading water a bit. But like I say, we'll do the Q&A. Have a great day in the meantime and keep kicking ass and remember that I'm in love with you. Obviously not true, but hey, what are you going to do?